This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Ah, yes, you heard the uh, promo there. News on 6. Of course TV will be in the house there at Live next week, live from Cedar Ridge, but so will we. The Blitz 1170. Our coverage actually starts on Monday, live from Cedar Ridge. This show will emanate from there in the media center. Then Tuesday through Friday, we are there 6A to 6P, Right in the media center, we have special shows on Saturday and Sunday as well. We're super excited about the uh, Live Tour making a first-ever stop here in the state of Oklahoma. And with that said, let's welcome in Jerry Foltz, who's joining us here on the Blitz 1170, part of the Live Broadcast team, joining us now here on the House of Pop. Jerry, thank you so much for joining us, sir. How are you doing this afternoon? I am wonderful. That's some very impressive coverage out of your station for our Live Golf Tulsa. We appreciate it. Well, we are uh, we're intrigued. Like this is a golf hotbed. I mean, you've been around the game long enough to know, and and all the Oklahomans that are affiliated with Live, uh, and there's so much in terms of just um, re- keeping the train rolling after after having the PGA here last year at Southern Hills, and then on to Live. We were we were excited uh, when we heard the opportunity that Cedar Ridge is going to have, and. Uh, Man, I can't wait to get out there because we're I feel like Jerry, we're all in this this process of trying to learn more ab- about this new entity that's out there and I think that's what a lot of people are just kind of intrigued about as much as anything about just seeing what all of this is about with this new entity. Well, we couldn't be heading into Oklahoma and it's also broken arrow with any more momentum for Oklahoma itself with uh, back-to-back wins by Taylor Gooch, the only native Oklahoman, uh, to be playing on live. And I don't know how many other native Oklahomans even play on the PGA Tour, but in essence, it's uh, it's a mini version of the Waste Management Phoenix Open yeah. um, with some world-class golf being played. Uh, most uh, American fans have kind of received a one-sided narrative, but there's a whole lot more to the story. And uh, if you have, if you've had a chance to catch any of them on the CW network this year, um, you can see that the the fans are the ultimate judge, and they have a great time when they're out there. So I hope uh, most of Oklahoma and uh, Tulsa gets out there to give it a shot because uh, it, it's. It's really something I've never talked to a single person of the many God knows how many I've talked to that have been to events who said they they didn't have a great time. Well, and that's what it's supposed to be about, right? I mean, the uh, the entertainment factor of this, um, I and listen, I don't need to tell you there are multiple stories that are out there. You kind of alluded to it, the one sided nature that exists on this. And, and we still get questions even about us going out there. And that's fine. But um, I am one that has always said, listen, I want to be entertained. I want to watch people that are world class in the world, the best, some of the very best of what they do, do things that I can't do and entertain me. And also let me have a good time. Let me enjoy myself. And so far, so good, at least from what we've seen from some of the returns from the people that have been in the stands that have been fans that have gone to these events. Yeah, and we're getting great feedback, too, from the, all the stuff we've done with CW and all the research from the people who enjoy viewing it. What, basically, in a nutshell, it, I had a longtime PGA of America professional come to an event, and uh, he was in Tucson, actually. He's from Florida, but he's in Tucson, and yeah, he couldn't let his bosses know he was going, you know, because of, the, of the, all the vitriol against it right now. Um, and then he texts me, he goes, who said golf can't be fun? And that's exactly what we try and do from a presentation standpoint on site and certainly what we try and do from a TV presentation standpoint. And it really is fun. 
and uh, and the numbers are growing each and every week. We had 77,000 people wow. over three days in Adelaide, Australia, and they were going absolutely bonkers. And then we went to this tiny little red dot, as it's known, the country of Singapore, the following week, expecting maybe 6,000 people a day. And we were getting 12, 15,000 people a day, most of them walk-ups in a country at a course where they've held many, many high-level professional golf tournaments and never actually sold tickets. It's always been complimentary uh, provided by the tournament sponsor and they were buying them left and right. So uh, we feel like we have momentum, but I also sound, you know, I obviously have a, have a vested interest, but we feel like we have momentum. And like I said, we let the fans decide and we haven't gotten any negative feedback from them yet. Well, what's crazy is, is that even trying to do just general research, um, the only stories that I, that I find are the ones that tries to paint a particular picture and almost like I, I read one today that was about, you know, like more grievances from live. I'm like, guys, there's actual golf that's going on that we could also be talking about here. That's a part of it. I'm not saying that you don't have to cover that things like that with what's happening right now, obviously with, with Taylor's situation and, and exemptions and stuff like that, you can still do that, but there's also a way, right, Jerry, I might be wrong on this, I try to be as fair and balanced as possible that you can actually talk about the golf that's actually taking place on the course as well, which doesn't seem that there's a whole lot of. No, and that's unfortunate. And, it, it, and when uh, when the Masters did the right thing, and, and like all the majors will do except for a last-minute uh, rule change by the USGA to keep uh, Taylor out of the U.S. Open for now, um, what all the other majors have done is welcome the current qualifying criteria and let the guys play. And then when at the masters, we saw it happen that everybody could coexist fine and the, and they got along fine and there was no pettiness or none of that. And Oh, by the way, against whatever, all of the people who, who don't want to see live succeed, uh, we're just predicting that nobody would do any good from live golf, that they couldn't possibly contend or win. And they finished second, third and fourth. So that should put a lot of that talk to rest, but you, um, but you know, I, I really don't like to talk about what we're up, what yeah. uh, the 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 powers that be from a from a uh, from a shareholding standpoint in the U.S. Uh, versus live because, like I said, we we Greg Norman has always said, take the high road and let the fans decide, and that's what we're doing, and uh, and it seems to be working for us, and uh, and it's really kind of a, a really cool thing to be a part of when you're talking about an entire new concept, a new league to kind of, you know, make golf fun to watch, fun to be at, uh, an entertainment sport, not just for your grandpa, but also for the kids. And in my mind, uh, curiosity is the seed by which particip participation grows. Over 30% of the people who come to our events have never been to a golf event. And if that helps them get a little interest in maybe going to a top golfer, going to your local driving range and getting a little interest in golf and, and thus uh, in that way, growing the game and learning the life lessons that golf teaches you, then I think we're doing a good thing overall. Jerry, can you explain the uh, the team format a little bit? That's something that's new to golf. We had uh, we had Charles Howell III on this morning, and he said, you know, it reminds me so much of of the college game. And he's like, that's you know, that's the true love of my life is is the college game. Uh, the team concept is something that's that's new from the professional ranks. Uh, I listened to Phil from uh, from Australia say, you know, Taylor had such a great round. He's out in front in a traditional uh, format. You know, there wouldn't be much intrigue. Uh, for a lot of people heading into the rest of the weekend, but because of the team format, it it, le it it kept a competitive environment and something of more intrigue for the fans that were there. So how has the team format worked in your opinion so far? Uh, well, when I first signed up after a lengthy, uh, lengthy consideration, when I first signed up to be a part of Live and Leave the Golf Channel, it was 
the team concept to me was the corniest thing in the world. And then I got to London for the inaugural event, and I was talking to Westwood and Poulter, and the, the really, really the first team to organize was the Majestics, the English all all European team with Stenson, but the other three being English players, and also the all South African team, uh, the Stingers, which has uh, which has Oosthuizen and Brendan Grace and uh, and Charles Schwartzel on it, and and they were they were talking more about the team and the long-term viability of those franchises than they were about the individual uh, competition. Now the individual competition plays for $20 million per week, 4 million to the winner. And then 5 million is dispersed amongst the top three uh, teams, how they place. And those become franchises. And it, you know, the most exciting golf we watch as consumers is the Ryder cup period. Nothing comes close. The president's cup is a, you know, a wannabe kind of little brother to it, but the Ryder cup is the most exciting golf we watch. And, and by virtue of that, even uh, the Solheim cup on the LPJ is, is horribly exciting, uh, but we get to see that every two years. We bring it to you 14 times a year. And, uh, and what's funny is the, all the people that show up and raid the merchandise tent, they all buy their favorite teams gear. And they've adopted teams. Some have got more than one team. But when you talk about Taylor Gooch in Adelaide, he had a 10-shot lead going into the final round, the third round. But his range goats, who had never been on the podium before the top three finish, uh, were leading. So the, the drama was around that until he started backspinning right around the middle of the nine and making it interesting from an individual standpoint. And then they didn't win. Of course, they go on to Singapore the next week. He wins and they win. And the, and the range goats of all, of all the names in the world are selling the most merchandise and uh, everybody's adopting them. Well, it's a, I'm not going to lie, it's a cool logo, right? Incorporates a little pink from Bubba there. I mean, I, 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 it might be one of my favorite logos. I, may, I don't love the name, but the logo is at least pretty sweet, Jerry. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, you know, Bubba is a pretty simple guy, and he owns a driving <laughs> range up in, uh, in Baghdad, Pensacola, Florida. And uh, and, it, and it's, you know, like he said, it's multi-purpose. It could be greatest of all time. It could be for someone who's the worst there ever was. Or it could be someone who just spends their whole life on the driving range trying to get better and, and you know, being the Roy McAvoy's of the world. We're talking to Jerry Foltz, commentator for the Live Tour on the CW Network. Jerry, so who are some of the teams and players that we should be looking out for when they pull up here to Cedar Ridge? All right, the four aces is the they're the the early dynasty. They're our Yankees, if you will. Uh, they still lead the team competition, even though they haven't won this year. But they won five times last year, including sweeping every single tournament on American soil. And that's led by Dustin Johnson. He has Patrick Reed on the team. Uh, Taylor Gooch actually played for that team last year, but he doesn't play for it this year. They have. Uh, I got Peter Uline was the new addition to their team, and he's been playing great. He was leading the individual standings up till last week when Taylor won his second straight. So they're always the one that everybody's aiming for. Uh, but we have the all South African team, the Stingers. They're good. The, the uh, obviously the Range Goats are pretty awesome. Smash is led by Brooks Kepka, has his brother playing for him, Jason Kokrak, and Thomas Peters, a, a Ryder Cup playing European guy. And uh, there's there's five or six that you kind of set themselves apart. But as this evolves in years to come and as new players are added next year and, and you know, we have a, what's called relegation now to take after uh, English soccer, what is it, Premier League, mm -hmm. where the bottom four guys, the bottom four guys don't get to play next year unless they requalify through what we call, uh, I don't even know the name of it, but it's basically our Q school. Um, 
and this, we're going to get at least four new guys, and who knows what additions we make from uh, you know, from other guys who want to sign and be a part of it who wouldn't need to go through that process. So uh, that the, the drama as the year winds on is going to be very big in that regard. But the stars are the stars, and unfortunately now, because of all the politics, we only get to see all the all the biggest stars in the game play together at the four majors. Um, so, but we have what we feel is a lion's share of of great players and certainly the greatest personalities of current of current form and world-class golf on live. Jerry, I want to talk to you a little bit about Taylor. Um, and I'm, this is straight from Taylor's podcast. So I'm kind of, I'm paraphrasing what, what he had said, or at least a podcast that he was on. And he was, he was asking about this kind of this heater that he's on, right. With the, the amount of success that he's had. And someone asked him a very simple question. What, what do you think is kind of propelling you on to this right now? And his, his answer was, People don't understand. He had a line in there. I, I need to say, he said the uh, golf before live was the only tour in the world where the entertainers pay to actually entertain. He said that people don't really understand everything that someone like in Taylor's position would go through in order to make tournaments each and every single week, the amount of money that went into it. And he said the 10, 11, 12 things I'm having to think about outside of the golf world he goes this tour has kind of alleviated a lot of that whether it's travel a lot of the stresses that go into it and he said for the first time since i turned pro i actually felt like i was a professional like i'm not having to worry about other things it's the freedom to just play golf and not be overwhelmed with anything else and he said that that was one of the major catalysts to him playing at the level that he's playing right now i would love your thoughts on 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 a statement like that from from taylor who's playing the best golf from a professional standpoint that he's ever played you know, uh, I'll get to to the question to his quote in a second, but for Taylor in his current form, I mean, he was always a good player, a really good solid player. Won one time on the PGA Tour at the RSM. 31 years old now and obviously went to Oklahoma State, but he wasn't really highly recruited. And so he self-admittedly, he's kind of been an overachiever every point in his life. And so are we seeing the the late blooming birth of a, of a great player of a superstar, or are we just simply seeing a good player playing great right now? I tend to think it's the former because he's such a good guy and such an incredibly hard worker, but it, it, you, you never really know. He, above all that, he's an incredibly good guy. Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to feeling like a pro golfer compared to playing on the PGA tour or any other worldwide tour where you take care of all of the minutia yourself, or you have an agent doing it, but you know, somebody in Taylor's position didn't have somebody babysitting him 24 seven, like, you know, like many of the biggest highest earning superstars do in golf. So now he's playing a team sport and as part of a team sport, so much of that minutia is taken care of by the organization. Now, Bubba Watson has assembled a, a really impressive organization to manage the, the business dealings and the, you know, the day-to-day activities of his four-man team, the Range Goats. And that takes a lot of the stress off. Also, the league has gone to great lengths to make sure that everything that the guys need, players and caddies both, that, that they don't they don't have to go looking for, that we can make it available to them. So, you know, they walk out of the hotel, they want to go to dinner, there's a car there for them. It's not, you know, we're not talking uh, rock star treatment, but everything is is they're treated as though they are the entertainers. They are the stars. They are the A-listers. They have, you know, they don't have a gold star on each trailer for a dressing room like you do at a Hollywood movie shoot, but they feel a little bit more appreciated for who they are and what they do. And, and interestingly enough, of course, the PJ tour has reacted to that and trying to basically stage the same sort of, of 
environment for their top stars, but it wasn't going to happen without Lib. So it's really cool to hear Taylor say that. And I think um, when the players on Lib talk to their peers, the, who they're still friends with from the PGA Tour, I haven't heard a single negative comment from a guy saying, no, you know, this really isn't that much fun. It's an absolute blast. They have a blast out there, but they still work their tails off because they still want to beat each other's brains in and, uh, and prove that, they can, that they're as good as they ever were, and if not better. So, Jerry, you're talking about some of the differences from the Live Tour, from the regular tour, and you're, you mentioned the players can switch teams. You mentioned that Taylor was on the Aces last year, and now he's on the Range Ghost. Is that something that happens? Is going to happen regularly, or is that something that was a one-off? No, well, last year was a beta season. As a matter of fact, at our first event, we had a draft. They had 12 guys get up there and draft players. Um, some were a little prearranged, most weren't. And then a lot of those teams stuck together, by and large, through the year. But then this year, the teams took on their own identity, and they took on their own management of their own teams, um, and a lot of their own financial burden as well. Um, so when when Harold Varner III joined Bubba Watson's Range Goats, and he's really, really close friends with Taylor, um, Bubba talked him into a, a better deal, so to speak, because uh, ultimately – the, the stars, the top name players, the stakeholders in those teams are going to be negotiating for a cut of the team pie. And in time, there will be a, a, an immense amount of equity in those teams. And those teams will uh, eventually have either owners in-house or, or be able to sell equity outside. Um, so that is a big part of it. So when we get to the end of the season, there will be talks. There will be hey, Patrick Reed, come join my team, and I'll give you this much as a percentage of what we win or what we value ourselves at through merchandise sales, through sponsorship, through this and that. Um, And so there'll be much like in professional sports when you're a free agent, uh, but their deals are strictly salary, and and this is also going to be, I'm sure, by and large performance-related. But that'll be really interesting, and I think in time it will create a little bit of animosity amongst the teams as well. Jerry Fultz is our guest here on the Blitz 1170. Last couple more before let him run is what's uh, what's your experience like, Jerry, in terms of Oklahoma? Have you been here before? And what do you know about Cedar Ridge, the course itself? Played it many times. Actually went to school in Tulsa for a year back in my college days, long before long before you guys were born. Yeah, but it wasn't uh, Tulsa. It was Oral Roberts Oral University. Roberts. They were a really, really good golf school back in the early 80s. And uh, and I got a chance to go there for a year. Didn't work out too well for a kid who was born and raised in Vegas going to Oral Roberts. <laughs> you know, like, I, I might have been in the dean's office a few more times than my parents were proud of. But uh, so I ended up transferring to the University of Arizona. But it's been, like I said, it's been a long time since I've been at Tulsa. Back in my early playing days as a professional, I also played a, a but then Nike Tour Hogan Tour event there. Mm-hmm. I can't remember where it was. I think. It was some uh, big, giant, fancy course. Country Club of Tulsa, Country Club of Oklahoma, maybe. Golf Club um, of Oklahoma. Golf Club of Oklahoma, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I caught my biggest bass on the 18th fairway there after I missed the cut. I was out fishing. <laughs> Not, nonetheless, uh, I have very fond memories of my time in Tulsa, uh, but I'm sure most of the places I used to frequent against the rules of Oral Roberts University are probably no longer there. Well, we can't wait for you to come back, and I can't wait for you to just lay eyeballs on our city in general because uh, if if it's back in the early 80s, then it, so much has changed, so much gentrification in downtown. I can't wait to see how much – uh, that you see how much that we've grown as a city, and we can't wait to have you guys here and can't wait to be a part of it uh, here on this station beginning next week. Uh, Jerry, best of luck.
luck, man. We appreciate it so much. We'll try to run into you next week. Um, say hello, shake hands with you, and meet you face-to-face. We'd love to uh, be able to talk a little bit more golf next week as well. I will hunt you guys down when I get on site. I'll be there uh, starting Wednesday, so I'll look for you in the media room. Let's go. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. Safe travels. All right. Take care. All right. That's Jerry Fultz joining us here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.